It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Tonight on Piers Morgan Uncensored, Mary Earps is crowned Sports Personality of the Year after winning absolutely nothing in 2023. Is celebrating mediocrity or losing making Britain a nation of losers? We'll debate. The polls show Donald Trump is on course for a stunning return to the White House in defiance of his legal woes. Now, one state sensationally ruled he should be struck from the ballot. Are the legal attacks on Trump making him even more popular and likely to win? Plus, Benjamin Netanyahu vows that Israel will not stop until Hamas is completely wiped out, as the Hamas-run health authority in Gaza claims 20,000 people have now been killed. Has Israel already gone too far? Dr Cornell West joins me live to debate that. Live from the News Building in London, this is Piers Morgan Uncensored. Good evening from London. Welcome to Piers Morgan Uncensored. The Sports Personality of the Year Award used to be Britain's biggest celebration of sporting swagger. It was the Athletic Oscars, a crown of revelry for the sporting superstars who defied the odds, thrilled spectators and rallied the nation, all with a twinkle in their eye and a cheeky grin. Past winners included Rocketman, Sterling Moss, World Cup hero, Bobby Moore, the audacious Ian Botham, the impossibly gifted Paul Gazza-Gascoigne, Lennox the Lion Lewis, Golden Bulls David Beckham. And on it went, a veritable gilded scroll of indisputable greatness. For all their charm, their chutzpah, and yes, personality, what all those winners had in common is that they won a lot of things. But at last night's ceremony... This happened. And the winner of the 2023 BBC Sports Personality of the Year is from Nottingham, Mary Herbs. Well, look, Mary Herbs is the goalkeeper for the England women's national team. She seems a thoroughly decent human being with bags of personality. She's also an excellent women's goalkeeper uh, playing for England uh, at, the, at the peak of her career. Uh, but this year was not the best for her or the Lionesses. They lost the World Cup final to Spain. Uh, more people talked about the unwanted advances of Luis Rubiales 
from the Spanish Football Association, anything that the Lionesses did on the pitch. And the Lionesses then failed to qualify for the Olympic Games. This is really a year where they want to just keep quiet, isn't it? Rather than go out there and accept awards for being the best sports person in the country. Those who missed out this year on winning were Frankie Dettori, the greatest jockey in history, as he retired. Ryder Cup hero Rory McIlroy, one of our greatest ever golfers. Cricket legend Stuart Broad, who ended a spectacular career on an incredible high and won the moral ashes. And what about Ronnie O'Sullivan, who won his eighth World Snooker Championship, a record, and wasn't even nominated? Well, students of my common sense assessments of such things will recall I was equally scathing when the England men's team won Team of the Year in 2020, despite having lost the Euros final to Italy. The great Kenny Dalglish, who won eight league titles and three European Cups as a player and manager, was given a Lifetime Achievement Award and he said this. Look, for me, it's, it's, a bit, it's not about taking part, it's about winning. Yeah, it's not about taking part. It's not about participation prizes. It's about winning. That's what made Kenny Dalglish one of the greatest winners in the history of British sport. It's quite literally the definition, isn't it, of sport, you compete to win. Now, we've now had three female winners of the BBC Sports Personality Award on the bounce, and to be clear, there's nothing wrong with women winning the title. Emma Raducanu shot the world to win the US Open, age 18, a worthy winner. Beth Mead led the Lionesses to an historic European Championship title last year, a worthy winner. And in previous years, Dame Kelly Holmes, won two gold medals at the Summer Olympics and she won it. Good, so she should. But Mary Earps this year won nothing. Even her club, Manchester United, rather like the men's version, won absolutely nothing. She did lead a virtuous campaign to have replicas of the women's goalkeeping shirt made available to buy. OK, does that make you the sports personality of the year? Over Rory McIlroy? Stuart Broad? Frankie Dettori? Poor old Ronnie O'Sullivan. Does it? Does it even make you better winner than Katarina Johnson-Thompson, who won a second heptathlon gold in the World Championships athletics? I don't think so. It looks to me like that terrible scourge of virtue-signalling box-ticking has crept in to this once great award. It's become the national equivalent of a participation medal. Didn't they all do well? Losing doesn't matter. Winning would have been a problem. This is where we've gone, isn't it? We're a society that now celebrates mediocrity over winning. And when you do that, your society becomes inevitably mediocre itself, which is exactly how so many British people feel right now about our country and our place in the world. Well, join me now to discuss all this is sports broadcaster Bianca Westwood, talk to the contributor Esther Kraku, and Daily Mirror's associate editor Kevin Maguire. Right, right, Bianca Westwood. You and I uh, discussed uh, recently Joey Barton's comments about women pundits and commentators, and I was with you on that. I thought he was talking a load of nonsense, actually, about, uh, about the women's uh, commentary and punditry lineup, many of whom are absolutely excellent and just as good, by the way as many of the men, if not better, right? Which is how it should be. You're there on merit. You're not there because you're a woman. On this one, I have a big problem. 
can see that. With what happened. Because I think it sends entirely the wrong signal. I don't understand why she won, other than it's a public vote. So a load of women, I presume, and girls who love the lionesses have gone dum 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 and she wins. But she's not a worthy winner. It doesn't do women's sport any good. It doesn't do women any good. The number of women who've messaged me, honestly, and said, you're so right. We don't want to win like this. We don't want to win just because we're women. We want to win because we win. Or we're as good or better than the men. What's wrong with that? Did you vote? No. <laughs> well, if you cared so much about it... I don't vote in any public vote. But why didn't you vote if Ever you since so the British public it? voted to name a boat, boating at boat face, <laughs> I realised they couldn't be trusted, right? You don't really no. have a leg to stand on. Well, no, I don't. I don't vote at anything. All of those on social no, no. media are so angry To be clear, I don't I'm think sure it's... I'm sure they didn't vote. I don't think it's my right as a... Uh, supposedly impartial uh, television presenter of a news and current affairs show to vote in any of these things. So I don't, okay. right? So let's just park that to one side. All right, well, there's a few key elements that... Here. Here's my question. Did she deserve to win? <laughs> Prince William was on Twitter today saying, hugely well-deserved, Mary. She deserved Signed it. Signed it W. Why was it hugely well-deserved? She deserved it as much as anybody else. Why? Who Tell me why. Shortlist. What did well, she win? You have to look at the criteria, first of all. I actually didn't know what the criteria for the sports personality was, mm. so I looked it up. It says it takes into consideration the sporting achievements of the last 12 months and the impact of those achievements beyond the sport in question. I think that's key. But if you want to look at Mary Earp's achievements... She was the only loser of the seven nominees. I'll tell you what she did win. She won the World Cup Golden Glove, the FA Player of the Year, the FIFA Women's World's Best Goalkeeper, England Women's Player of the Year, the WSL Golden Glove as well. She won that. She was a World Cup finalist. She won the finalisma. She also won the Arnold Clark Cup as well, which is another international... How many actual competitions Another, another she, international... How many competitions for club or country if did any, she win? If any England male player had won any of those, or, and especially if they'd won all of them, I don't think we'd be having this discussion. Really? No, I don't. If Jordan, Do Pickford, if Jordan Pickford had won the best goalkeeper in the world, mm. the FA best player of the, the season, uh, the Golden Glove in a World Cup, the Golden Glove in the Premier League, if he'd have won all those, would we be having this mm. discussion right now? Do you genuinely, in your heart, believe that she is a worthier winner than Rory McIlroy, who's never won it? Ronnie O'Sullivan who's never won it. Frankie Ronnie Dottori... wasn't even on the shortlist for some reason. No, Frankie Dottori has never won it. Stuart Brawl, one of the all-time great cricketers, never won it. None of these guys have ever won it. Ronnie wasn't even nominated. But it takes into consideration the sporting achievements of the last 12 months. I don't know when they make the shortlist. Maybe it was before Ronnie had won the, the no. UK. That's a different argument. I'm not sure why he wasn't on there. But it's also about the impact, and you can't say that Mary Earps doesn't have an impact in her... All right, but that's an interesting play. point. So my daughter comes home from school today, age 12. You know the first thing she said to me yesterday? She said, Dad, she said, I, I had a great game of football today. I went, okay. well, a proper one. She went, proper one. I said, what, with, with girls? She said, well, girls and boys. I said, what happened? She said, we won. And I said, where did you play? She said, with centre midfield, Declan Rice. I was like, wait, I love this. <laughs> so... I, I completely love the impact the lionesses have had on the nation's females, young and middle-aged and old, whatever they want to be, to play football, to watch football, to love football. Great, right? That's not, for me, in debate. So it's great. Is that enough to warrant winning this? Well, I think 
obviously the answer is no, but I think your bigger issue was with the voting British public as opposed to the fact that she's on the shortlist. Because, yes, of course, there are other people that won it, but it's who's more visible, right? This, this woman is, is, is in, in a position of prominence, particularly for young girls who probably have never voted for this. They thought, actually, this might be the first year I'll vote for this woman. So I think that's the bigger issue. I do take issue with the quip, though, about Manchester United, Mr. Piers Morgan. <laughs> well, you and, won, and, and I will never forget that. As, you, as a traumatised United fan, I will remember It that. wasn't a quip, it was a statement of fact. You won absolutely nothing. <laughs> And you're not going to, because you got rid of Ronaldo, and ever since then, you've collapsed. And Eric Ten Hag I, I, has I turned think, out to be completely useless. I think I need, I need some mental health uh, resources. Yeah, you can't, it wasn't a quip. It was a statement I, of I, fact. I, I, yes, but I'm, deep, the men's hurt, team, but I'm deeply hurt by it. The men, well, you can be hurt I'm, by I'm it. I'm recovering from yeah, my well, illness. Well, then don't drive Ronaldo out of your car, <laughs> right? Uh, Kevin. Yep. Give me some common sense take on this. Piers, look, I'd have voted for Stuart Broad, but he didn't win back the Ashes. Mm. He won the moral Ashes. He did, but he didn't win back the Ashes. Or he was cheated. He didn't win back the, the Ashes. The fact is, Earps has got bags of personality. She sells more shirts than Jordan yep. Pickford, the male England keeper. And it's a sports personality. Well, she yeah. qualifies for sports and she's got the personality. When was the last loser who didn't win anything? I mean, look, I tell you, putting, all right, aside, all right. putting Remember, aside the individual golden gloves, I mean, that's all fine, let's, right? You know, but when was the it's... last person who actually was a loser in a year to win that award? Well, the ones I know, think of Gaza. Gaza yeah. won in 1990. England didn't even get the World Cup final. Yeah. I thought he was a worthy winner. 1998, uh, Owen, Michael, Michael Owen won it. Mm. England didn't get the final. Mm. Look, she got the final. She won the Golden Gloves. She's inspired people like your daughter. And that's why she won. All those people, it must be tens, hundreds of thousands of women have been inspired to play football because of the likes of her. And that's why my, she's won. I think my irritation about it is that I think the others were, are such worthy winners. Mm. And in terms of personality, there is no bigger personality in world sport than Frankie Dottori, for example. Ronnie O'Sullivan, the documentary about his life is unbelievable, right? He's won eight world titles and never won this, right? Yep. Um, you know, you look at Stuart Broad, I mean, one of the all-time great cricketers. You could go through a whole list of them. It, it's really the, one, the men who haven't won it yeah. now being eclipsed by somebody from the same team as the winner last year, yeah. and yet this year the team did very badly. Yeah. To me, it looks like a reward for failure. I do take your point. I mean, I yeah. knew that not everyone had won, so I was curious whether you knew. Yeah. And it's a valid point to make. The points you make about all the individual things she's picked up is a valid point yeah. to make. The impact she's had on the game is a valid point to make. Mm -hmm. But no-one can convince me that this year those men that were eclipsed shouldn't yeah. have won it instead. No, that, right, they have achieved more in their careers, unquestionably. Yeah. However, they've had long careers. So, in a, in a sense, you don't get the impact she has got because women's it's football has taken off. That's absolutely, yeah. It's like a volcano mm -hmm. erupting. And that's why people have gone... And, and but that's why they were rightly honoured last year with almost every honour going, yeah. including the team award. But they also won the individual... Personality of the year, which was the, I think she was the captain, right, uh, Beth? Perfectly good to do that. I just think it, when you start rewarding people for the failure of their team to win anything, which is really what this world does. It's not what they're rewarding her for. They're rewarding her for being an exceptionally good female football player who is inspiring people. Yeah. That's, that's why they're rewarding months, you her. You could argue that she's having more impact on young people than any of those other sportsmen. You know, Ronnie, as brilliant as he is, is mm. is he inspiring? Uh, you know, and. Uh a generation of young kids and to pick up a snooze. And also, the failure of a football who, player no. to, to not win anything is down to the team as opposed to her as an individual. So we have to remember that. She, One thing I think we can agree on is Joey Barton in his, in his rant today, some of which I agree with, but in his rant today, he says he, he said, I'll score eight, 100 out of 100 penalties against Mary Earps any day of the week, twice on a Sunday. 
here's my challenge to Joey Barton. Right. You do that. Let's set that up. Mm -hmm. You take 100 penalties <laughs> against her, right? And every one you miss, you give £100,000 to a charity of our choice. You'd be bankrupt. 100 grand per missed penalty, right? I reckon you'd be down a few million. Yeah. Right, yeah. she's a good goalkeeper. Well, look, right, uh, but the thing I'm we can agree on. He also said that he also was personally abusive and said yeah. that she was a, a sack of spuds or something. Right, she's obviously a great athlete. She's supremely fit. She's at the top of her game, mm. playing in World Cup finals and so on. That kind of gratuitous abuse. I think is completely unacceptable and unnecessary, right? So yep. we can all agree on that. That's very different, though, uh, to questioning, as you are, why has she won yes. when these sports people have over their yeah. careers achieved? I think Joey Barton is, look, he just needs to get a life or get another manager's job or that, yeah, a like partner a or whatever, boy. whatever. He just, He's just... <laughs> Again, he's I think just he's lost like a, a teenage boy enjoying the attention yeah. of the internet for the first time. You know that high where you're just incentivized to say whatever comes yeah. to your mind. I mean, I think the bigger issue with this award is should she have been nominated in the first place for not actually having won anything? I don't think it's the fact that she won. I think I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think it's the nomination, not the fact that she won. Because yeah, last year, everyone, no one had any problem with Beth Mead winning it because they won the Euros. Fantastic, exactly, right? Yeah. But I just think that I'm not sure that women should feel comfortable about this win. I think women should think, you know what? This looks like box ticking. But then you it have looks to look like... at the criteria. What have the others well, won in the last 12 months? It was propelled by a bunch of young well, women Rory who had won the, who'd won never the been Cup. interested in women's football. He was the driving force behind the winning of the Ryder Cup, the yeah. big, one of the biggest sporting events in the world. P Rory McIlroy has never won this. Piers, if, if, if England's men's football... Year, huh? He didn't win an individual major yeah. this year. Though, no, he, won a, he won the ultimate team event. If, if, if England men's football got the World Cup final, Jordan Pickford, Sunderland lad played blinder all the way through, best keeper in the game, they lose 1-0, and he won it. Would you really...? No, would you, would you, well, you know, well, you know, you know, I've already said that when we yeah. when we lost the Euros final, I didn't think the men mm. should have won the team award. But you wax lyrical about Gaza, who was, you know, an unbelievable player, but in 1990, he hadn't won a thing. Why is that OK? Because he's Gaza. Yeah, but he, he, he was Gaza. He was Gaza, and he cried in Italy, was, he, and that's why he won it. David because, Beckham he was a more talented because, because, player. Because, took the free kick at, uh, well, because, you know, look, against Greece. That was why he won it. I tell you why, because he was the greatest footballer, English footballer. I don't think Ryan Giggs I've ever won seen. And with greatest respect to Mary, she wouldn't get into Gaza's junior team at school. Right? So let's yeah, be clear. but it's in your chosen field. We're not, let's be clear we're about not the, saying that women's clear. football is no, the same if you're as going men's to, If you're football, going to compare men to that's women... That's like saying cycling is the same as athletics. No, but if you're you are, if you are going to say... Sport, if you're going to compare her to Gaza, I'm going to say Gaza was not only... It's who is hang the on, best be in answer, their field. Not only was Gaza ten times better as a football player, he just was, but secondly, he had ten times the impact on the country. Right? And if you don't believe me, go out and ask 100 people in the yeah. street tomorrow, go down Oxford Street, I agree. ask them two questions. Who's Paul Gascoigne? And then say, who is Mary Earps? Absolutely. And even I... though she's just won that award, <laughs> most of them won't have no heard of Mary Earps, right? I agree it, with I'm that. I'm not saying that they won't in five, ten years. Well, there you go. The growth of the game is fantastic. Nobody knew but how But please brilliant... don't try and compare her to Gaza. No, but no, I was saying that, because you had said that you had to have won something... Mm. He hadn't won anything that year. That's a valid point. He cried in Italy. That is a valid point. And we all felt for him. But they were we magical all loved tears. Paul Gascoigne in 1990, Michael Owen in 1998, didn't win, but they inspired people.
And Mary Earps Mary has exactly done the same, the same again. That's it. It's the, it's it's the same. Movement. Well, I can only judge again. If my daughter's out playing football at Declan Rice and centre midfield and ecstatic <laughs> about it, something's yeah. happening. Yeah. Something's <laughs> happening, and I like it. Something in the air. And I like it. So uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe you persuaded you me. <laughs> Good. So, but you know what? You put up a very good defence. Thanks, Piers. Which doesn't surprise me, because you're, you're very capable. But uh, anyway, I appreciate it all. Thank yeah. you very much indeed. On Sense of Next, Donald Trump's been kicked off the ballot by the Supreme Court in Colorado. But will it only make him stronger? Yet another bombshell day in US politics. I'm joined by the mighty tyrants after the break. Welcome back to our census. The landmark ruling to, uh, Colorado Supreme Court says that Donald Trump cannot run for president in the state next year, citing a constitutional insurrection clause over the January 6th riots. Critics say it's just the latest example of the open lawfare that's been launched against Trump, most of which seems to help him. So will this, like all his other indictments uh, and the infamous mugshot, just make him more popular and more likely to win? Well, joining me to discuss this and much more is the author of the brilliant new book, Nuff Said, Fox News commentator and former wrestling superstar, Tyrus. Tyrus, great to see you. How are you? Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Always great to see you. Not in person this time, but I'll take it. Well, I look forward to seeing you soon in person. But um, I'm going to come to your brilliant book, and it is a brilliant book. I, I had the pleasure of one night in New York going through your life story with you for about an hour. One of the most extraordinary stories I think I've heard in a long time. So I'm so pleased you put wow. a lot of that in Thank writing. You. So we'll come to that. Let's just talk. Uh, first of all, before we get to Trump, we were just having a debate about uh, the BBC Sports Personality of the Year Award going to a woman uh, soccer player, as, as she would be called in America, who didn't actually win anything with either the England team or her club side this year and beat a lot of people who did. What do you think of that? Are we rewarding too much mediocrity when we do that kind of thing? Does it help women to win something like that with a public vote when they haven't won something? Well, I think, well, in America, if the fact that she's a biological woman winning an award for uh, athletics is, is a great thing because, you know, <laughs> we're, we're experiencing some different things here. I think when you get into awards now, you have to look at who's paying, what publicist. You know, that's the one thing I learned because I assumed getting into late-night comedy and stuff that would be up for an Emmy every year. But it doesn't work that way. Even if you're number one, uh, if you're not paying the fees and doing the right things or appeasing the right people, you don't get awards. So I don't put much faith in awards anymore. So, um, you know, the, if I, the best athlete of the year should be the one with the most rings on at the end of the year mm. or the best performance or the best, you know, most outstanding, that's the, what, the reason why you have athlete of the year. Have we but become again, a society, it's a terrorist. world we live in now. Yeah, I was going to ask you, have we become huh? a society that now, you know, almost promotes losing above winning, that there's a kind of valour in failure because then you can virtue signal about it, play the victim, get all the sympathy. It seems to be we're moving that way. That In the old days, it used to be you won or you lost. Now it's like, oh, you came last. Great. Well, How brave. Not just that, but you're 100% right. But the other thing is, like, you're taking away, you want everyone, it's more of a socialist way of looking at things, where, you know, capitalism's e evil because those who work the hardest and, and work the longest tend to win, and the same thing with sports. Sports is the most discriminatory, easy way to call it, the best athlete wins. You can't lie in the numbers and stuff, so you have to offset that by saying, well, we pick someone who deserved it because we we just feel like mm. they should do it. And when you're dealing with feelings instead of statistics, uh, you're always going to end up with these 
weird yep. uh, situations where people who clearly didn't deserve, the best person didn't win, uh, and they'll say, well, you know, he's misogynistic, or, you know, she's not being feminist enough. Those things should have absolutely nothing to do when it comes to sports. But we're seeing, unfortunately, sports has, has been in, in infected with this feelings propaganda uh, that we're seeing abroad, you know, in just the Western world alone. It's just, it's a really weird time right now. It's, it absolutely is. Um, it's also a weird time politically. Um, Donald Trump, obviously, roaring away at the head of the Republican nominee polling to be the nominee. Uh, and this extraordinary development overnight with the Colorado Supreme Court ruling he can't run for president in the state because of the uh, actions uh, that they said represented an insurrection ahead of the January 6th riot. Now, it's important to note, this will probably get overthrown by the federal Supreme Court. But notwithstanding that, the fact that a state Supreme Court has done this without Trump actually being convicted of any crime in relation to January 6th yet. I mean, he might be, but he hasn't been as things stand. What does that tell you about uh, the state of politics in America and, indeed, the law? Well, it, it's scary because in America, which was the whole place was supposed to be founded on justice for all. But, and, you know, even we have the statue with the blindfold on. Well, clearly the blindfold's off now, and it, it depends on if you see things the same way as the judge that's over you. So if I, if I get in trouble, I hope that there is a uh, Republican voting judge who likes to lift weights, mm -hmm. and there's a good chance that maybe he'll see my side of things. As far as I know, and I do work technically at a news station, although I'm not a very newsy guy, I think Trump being arrested or convicted of insurrection would be front page news. Mm. So they're, they're saying he can't run because what exactly was he convicted of yet? As far as I know, and none of the charges have anything to do with insurrection, which I'm pretty sure is considered treason, mm. which would be a pretty, he'd have bigger problems to worry about than whether he's able to run for president. So mm. it's a joke and you're 100% right. Their, their guy did it. They knew it would probably be overturned, but that's the problem in itself. There shouldn't be, and, and the vote was, I think it was two Republicans and three Democrats that voted, uh, and they just voting not off. And the one place you're supposed to be safe is in courts. It's supposed to be about the rule of law uh, and facts, not how you vote and how you feel. And in America, it's really a, a black eye on the justice system that we're seeing left-leaning, right-leaning, uh, whatever your political pol politics is a new religion in America. So whatever your religion, your political religion is, uh, the judge is going to see your way, and that's dangerous and scary. Across the pond, we're looking at the American presidential election with a kind of slightly raised British eyebrow, saying, what is happening here? On the one hand, you've got... Both the... eyebrows should be raised. Yeah. I mean, you've got the incumbent President Biden, who is incredibly unpopular, record unpopularity and new polls out this week. Um, on almost every metric, two-thirds of Democrats don't want him to run again. He seems determined to do so, despite clearly, you know, it, it, his age and an obvious senility, if not even uh, dementia, is becoming a laughingstock on, on the national and global stage. So you've got Biden determined to do it. You've got Trump facing uh, nearly 100 criminal charges, and we have no idea how those are all going to play out, other than at the moment he's playing the victim, the master, and it's working politically for him. But it, I mean, just take yourself away from that sideshow for a moment. It's a big sideshow that will become the main show. Can America not find new people who are not 81 and 78, who are not have all this baggage, who have not got all these problems? You're one of the great countries of the world 
320 million people. I talk to people like you, Taras, and I see such energy and dynamism and clarity of thought and all these things. Where are the politicians that have that? Well, well, the problem is, and is because America, we have a real problem with term limits. When you have the Mitch McConnells and the Nancy Pelosi's, where where, where politicians is an establishment and it's a money-making business, what it turns out for lawyers and people who aren't very good at Wall Street. But when you're good at inside trading, then all of a sudden your family members become geniuses at it. So America's got a real problem with term limits. We don't get uh, someone like a career politician is probably one of the most crooked people uh, on the planet because you don't take a job in service for that long at that rate of pay and end up with mansions. It just doesn't. Even even our most socialist politician, Bernie Sanders, ended up with two mansions. Mm. So, I mean, even you know, so the, the corruption is unbelievable. They control who can get in and get out. The I would honestly say if it wasn't for the attacks by the media on President Trump, he probably wouldn't have ran again. Yeah. But I think he almost have to. Whether you support Trump or not, if you were ever in that situation where you get you he was elected and his entire presidency won, they tried to say he wasn't legitimate, he cheated with Russia, they ran with false stories the entire time, they ran two impeachments, they weren't concerned with what it did to the country or whatever, they just ran and created this monster. And President Biden, who couldn't get elected in 50 years to be president, became president because he became, don't vote for Trump, vote yes. for me. They didn't vote for President Biden. If you ask an American, any Democrat or any, ask Bill Maher, do you like President mm -hmm. Biden? They'll be like, well, I like, uh, well, you know, they because they don't. And they're going to try to do the same thing again where it's, it's fine that Biden can't walk upstairs. It's if fine you that were a betting man, can't read a I statement. Know, I don't know if you're a betting man, but if you were a betting man, Taurus, who do you think will be making not the Not to your level, but I do bet. <laughs> I bet like 20s and 10s, not to your level. Who would yeah. you think will be making the inauguration speech in January 2025? Well, I think it's going to be one of those. Here's it's one or two things. One, uh, there'll be a representative for incarcerated President Trump <laughs> reading the inauguration speech, or, or two, there'll be uh, Kamala reading for Biden because he's exhausted. So either way, we're not going to have either one, whoever is pre whomever is president. Uh, is probably will not be fit to be no, able somebody to said to me, what do you think is going to happen? I thing. said, Trump will either end up in prison or re-elected, or potentially both, because the Constitution would allow yeah. him to be president even if he's incarcerated. Um, let's turn to your book, Enough uh, Said Quickly. Um, it's, a, it's a terrific book because you and I agree about so many things and all the hot-button issues that you talk about, all the woke nonsense, all the cancelled culture... Uh, you talk about three scams you believe are in the world today, the Black Lives Matter, uh, the, the group behind it you think is just a hustle, the concept of reparations to black people, you're very strong about that, you think it's just uh, ridiculous. Um, on all those things, I think you're, so, such a, you're such a clear thinker. But what was the motivation, do you think, for you to get to where you've got to? to achieve what you've achieved? Because I look at your earliest, you know, there was nothing in your early life that could have said, this guy is going to go right to the top. Somehow, you fought your way, oh, literally no. there. Um, I think I never really liked failure. And I would listen to the people, no, was always, no, you can't be that. Oh, you can't do that. And, and people love to tell me what I couldn't do. 
and I was just the most hard-headed child. If you tell me I'm an, uh, your spite, I fed off spite. Spite was like my mutant power. Every time some, I was dyslexic, oh, you, you're not going to be really good at reading and, and school and stuff because you see things backwards. You're, you know, or, oh, man, you don't have a dad or you, you're this or that, whatever. You always had dirty clothes at school because you wear the same two outfits every day. Like anytime someone, instead of curling up in a ball, it would just toughen me and be like, watch. You watch what's going to happen bet. And that's really been a story in my life. So I always give thanks. Even in my book, I said, I, you know, there's supposed to be acknowledgments and all that stuff. And I acknowledge the pain, loss and failure, because those are the three greatest teachers in my life. And I've been lucky to have a lot of people across every spectrum of color or, 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 or sexuality that have been helped me in my, have been listening there, have been mentors for me. But the biggest thing was always, every time I failed, I didn't spend too much time on the failure. It was more about the looking. I'm like, all right, what's now? I'm okay. I can't go. This door's closed. I'm gonna find another door. Do you know so what? I think it was just my incessant need to, to, to be better. And I loved. I just enjoyed. Like one of the things I loved about wrestling and football. I love playing on the road. I love getting booed at home. And you do. I see a little twinkle yes, in your eye. Exactly you, the same. You kind of like that. And I'd be like, I know what you cheer for. Your boos mm -hmm. give me self esteem. So I just never accepted the word no. And I think that's that's built. And uh, I've always been willing to outsource and and seek knowledge. If I don't know something, I don't just say, "Well, I don't, I feel like it's this way." I will go seek it seek it out. And I think that has served me well. You see, Taurus, that is why you and I get on so well because I, that's exactly my outlook on life. I think you learn more from failure. I think I've had a lot of ups and downs in my career and life, and I've always used it to fuel me to drive to the next thing. I think it's such an important quality. I see an epidemic of anxiety amongst kids these days, and I want to sit down with all of them and say, look, this is normal life stuff, and how you deal with the tough stuff yep. is what defines the way you lead your life. It really is. So you've got to toughen up, and here's how you're going to do it. And I'll tell you how they should do it. They should read your book. Nuff said, if they read your book, they will understand what it takes to succeed in life and how you overcome adversity it's a brilliant book uh Taurus, thank you for joining a lot me. of l's always a pleasure man appreciate you merry christmas uh, give your family my love and hopefully we'll see, get together soon i'll see you in new york take care all the very best well on says the next israeli prime minister benjamin netanyahu says israel will not stop until hamas is completely eradicated what does that mean how long will this go on what is the end game what happens next presidential challenger dr cornell west says he's a war criminal he's live next back to Uncensored. Hamas says the death toll in Gaza has now surpassed 20,000 people with nearly 2 million others displaced from their often destroyed homes. Or calls for a permanent ceasefire are growing ever louder. But in a defiant speech today, Benjamin Netanyahu said Israel will not stop. Well, should the U.S. now back calls for a ceasefire and could Israel face sanctions for the scale of its response October the 7th? Joining to discuss this is the independent presidential candidate, Dr. Cornel West, and the international law expert, Eugene uh, Kontorovich. Uh, welcome to both of you. Um, Cornel West, great to have you back on the programme. Let me ask you, first of all, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu tonight, very unequivocal. 
Israel will keep fighting Hamas until they are eradicated, uh, which means there's going to be months and months more of what we've been seeing. Uh, what is your response to that? Well, as you know, I've called uh, for uh, Netanyahu and the IDF to be brought before the ICC, the International Criminal Court, Article 6, 7, and 8, crime and genocide, crime against humanity, and war crime. And what I mean by that is we need to live in a world in which we fundamentally believe that Palestinian suffering has the same value as Jewish suffering, Jewish suffering has the same value as Palestinian suffering, if this were a Palestinian occupation and domination, a Palestinian genocide against Jews in which there were nearly 8,000 precious Jewish babies killed in 50 days, we'd have a qualitatively different discussion, qualitatively different response. And I believe Biden, Harris, Austin, we can go right down the line, Kirby, Blinken, they are complicitous with Israel's war crimes against the Palestinians. Has Hamas committed war crimes? Absolutely, they've committed war crimes, but not crimes of genocide. And when Netanyahu invokes Amalek, Sam, 1 Samuel 15 and 3, in the biblical text, and I speak as a Christian, I know the difference between those divine sanctioned genocidal commands, kill every woman, kill every child in order to procure our end. He's invoked a number of times, October 28th, he's invoked Amalek. That's genocidal intent. And this genocidal attack flowing okay. from that intent, we have to have a moral consistency across the board. Every baby, right, no matter go, who they are in the world, have the same value. Let, let me go to Eugene then, for your response to that. I mean, you'll be aware, Eugene, that much of the world is now watching with horror the scale of Israel's response. And when they hear Netanyahu saying, this isn't going to stop until we've got rid of all of Hamas, and at best estimates... They've only killed six to 7,000 Hamas terrorists, and that's just if you take IDF's word for it. That means that 80% of Hamas has not been eliminated yet. How many civilians are going to get killed in the next few months or even years before Hamas is eradicated? And how, in the end, does that help either peace in the region or how does it stop just massive escalation and radicalization against Israel? So how many civilians will die is largely a function of Hamas's decisions because Hamas has a specific strategy of trying to kill as many Israeli civilians as they can, as they did on October 7th, and trying to get as many of their own civilians killed, which they do by hiding in tunnels under populated areas, basing themselves in schools, in hospitals. Their strategy is to roll up their civilian death toll, which at the same time... Uh, Israel does everything to limit. Israel is only targeting Hamas. Now, Hamas makes it difficult by hiding amongst civilians, and the deaths of those civilians are Hamas war crimes. The accusations of genocide, it's what psychologists call projection, accusing your enemy, the other side, of exactly what you're doing to distract and whitewash what you're doing. October 7th was a genocidal invasion of Israel where Hamas invaded Israel chopped up families in front of each other, burned people alive. And now Israel is responding more moderately than any country but would. Let me, okay, look, let me, let me just put, casualties you, let me put you on that. In terms of its supposed moderate response, in the last few days alone, we've seen the IDF shoot dead three Israeli hostages who were wearing no shirts and had a banner 
uh, asking for help. They were, they were surrendering whoever they were. They turned out to be hostages. Then we had two women, uh, innocent women, standing outside a Catholic church who were also gunned down by IDF snipers in an action that the Pope called terrorism. Uh, you've also got President Biden describing the bombing campaign as indiscriminate, which in itself, that description implies a war crime. So this idea that, that Israel's being moderate in its response, I don't think is borne out by reality, is it? Uh, President Biden has actually said, and other American officials have said, that Israel is acting more morally than any other army. Now, show me a war without inadvertent civilian casualties. When America cleared ISIS out of Mosul, 10,000 civilians were killed in that city alone, and America was not fighting an enemy next door that was actively shooting rockets at it and holding its citizens hostage. If Professor West had his way, Nazi Germany would still rule Europe. Because, of course, hundreds of thousands of German civilians died in the war against Nazi Germany. All right, but let me bring the Confederacy him in would still rule half let, of let America. Me bring, okay, let me, uh, let hold me on. And about the, let me just say about the hostages. Mm. About the hostages, because that's a sensitive point. Uh, that's a tragic incident, of course. And we, could, we, we saw today that the mother of one of the hostages said she does not blame the Israeli soldiers. She embraces them because she knows that Hamas, again, is responsible for their deaths because Hamas has used every kind of subterfuge okay, let me, to trap Israeli right, let soldiers. Me, let me go to fake surrenders and suicide. Let bomb. me bring back in uh, Cornel West. Cornel West, the, the moral uh, conundrum here for many people is that what happened on October the seventh was utterly horrific, an appalling terrorist attack on mostly Absolutely. civilian Absolutely. innocent he's people. A precious, he's a precious human being. And, and when you have, but when you, but, you know, but Cornel, here's my Absolutely. question. Here's my question. When you yeah. have Hamas stating it, since October the 7th, we want to do that again and again and again. When it is their mission statement to wipe out Israel and any Jews who live in Israel, when, when we all can see and hear them say this with brazen impunity, what is Israel supposed to do other than try to remove Hamas? Hamas is very much like the Jewish Ergon, which is a terrorist group responding to vicious British imperialism that killed innocent Arab. Every resistance movement against colonialism, domination, and oppression, apartheid-like conditions, you have nonviolent streams, you have nonviolent streams. The first intifada was nonviolent. The second one was primarily nonviolent, only with rocks. And what did JFK say? When you make nonviolent revolution impossible, you make violent revolution inevitable. You had to, with the Jewish Ergon, there's always been terrorist expression. The problem is the IDF, which comes out of Jabotinsky, which was tied to his Jewish and terrorist history, and, and this is a part of Jewish history, is not all. There's been the Einsteins and the Albert Magnus and others who call for very different things. But when I hear my brother Eugene say they've question, only killed the Hamas, they killed two Christian women in front of a church, a mother and a grandmother. You mean almost 8,000 children are being shielded by Hamas? You, you really believe the world is going to think that's serious? These justifications are as weak as pre-Sweden Kool-Aid when we see the massive suffering of precious Palestinians who are innocent. So this notion that somehow you can continue to lay put forward these lies, though, Brother Eugene, the, the, the world is no longer convinced. Okay, and I've you know this the Jewish community. I've got to leave no the debate. I, I'm sorry, we've run out of time. I've got to leave the debate there. It's an interesting debate. Uh, 
passions run high on both sides. Thank you both very much for joining me. Uh, Cornell, I want to wish you uh, ongoing success with your uh, campaign in the presidential race. The Economist... Both of you brothers, both of you brothers, I, I pray for your families and stay strong and let's try to hold up a bloodstained banner of some serious morality and spirituality in a moment of massive hatred and tribalism. Yep, I would in certainly... In the name of Amos, in the name of Isaiah, and in the name of Jesus. I would certainly agree with that. Uh, but I was going to read you a quote from The Economist today. We said, Cornell West has the charisma and energy of James Brown if the godfather of soul had also gone to graduate school. And if that isn't something you want to put on your tombstone one day, Cornell West, you're mad. <laughs> well, that's not true. James Brown is far beyond me, but I aspire to that kind of movement <laughs> and that funk, that kind of funk, my brother. Absolutely. <laughs> it's great to see you. And thank you very much, Eugene, as well, for joining God me. I appreciate bless it. Both, uh, well, on sense of next, uh, Variety announces its 100 best TV shows ever. Only one of them is British. Can you guess which one and why is it only one? I'll debate with someone from America who obviously got dozens and dozens in there. It's Tommy Lahren next. Welcome back to our sense. I'm joined now by the host of Outkicks, Tommy Lahren is fearless, the great Tommy Fearless Lahren. Welcome to you, Tommy. Um, two things I want to talk to you about. One is uh, this bombshell news that the names of more than 170 associates of convicted sex offender, and obviously he's dead now, Jeffrey Epstein, could be made public in early January after a ruling from a US judge, including, we hear, Prince Andrew, but also another uh, host of rich, famous, powerful people. Um, this could be quite devastating, couldn't it? Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it, Piers. I'd like to think that this is actually going to be released, but it feels like we've been promised this for so long. And then there's always the redactions. There's always some reason that this gets hidden. And I'll tell you this, the names on that list and the flight logs and everything involving this, there's a reason it's been hidden so long. It's because the elites that are on it, the elites that are connected to it, they are very nervous, but they also wield a lot of power. Piers, do you think if it was a bunch of conservative talk show hosts or mm. Fox News personalities that were involved in this or potentially on a list. Do you think it would be hidden for no, so long? No, and, and I think I, I what's been think amazing... So. If Donald Trump was on that yeah. list. <laughs> the, the number of people who've been held to account for, for being around Epstein when this stuff was going on is minuscule compared to the numbers that we know were flocking over to that island on his plane. Right. And a lot of these folks claim they have no knowledge of all the nefarious things going on, the sex trafficking, the prostitution rings. They claim they have no knowledge, but I think we all know that that's probably not true. So we need to see the names. We need full transparency here. I don't know why elites and oftentimes liberal leftist elites go to such lengths to shield pedophiles and child predators, but it's really becoming a trend and quite the problem, if you yeah. ask me. Well, talking of problems, let's segue to what I think is a grotesque problem, which is that Variety magazine has come out, it's a Hollywood Bible, obviously, has revealed its 100 best television shows of all time today. And there is one British show in the entire 100, which is Fleabag at number 82. Almost all the others are American. No Monty Python, no Faulty Towers, no Brideshead Revisited, no Downton Abbey, none, not even the original Office it's got the American version, but not the great original one with Ricky Gervais. What is going on here? Even you can't surely pretend this is any way genuine. 
Well, I looked at the list and I agree with some of it. I disagree with others. But Piers, you and I have talked about this before. We export culture over to you guys in the UK. We export all of that. And sometimes it's good and it's great content. And sometimes it's woke crap. So you have to take the good with the bad. But unfortunately, we still do reign supreme when it comes to content and entertainment. Love it or really? hate it. Well, me... I am happy to say, though, that a lot of these shows... Well, let me just say, look, number three was The Sopranos. A lot of these shows on the list are... No, The Sopranos, are... look, I'll give you Sopranos was great. Yep. Mad Men number two, great. And uh, by the way, The West Wing for me is the greatest series of all time, and that's in there, and that's great. But number one, I Love Lucy. Come on. That's, that's the greatest TV show ever made? Really? No, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Piers, I think maybe your show, maybe up there on the list. Of course, Thank you. our show's on the Fox News channel. <laughs> I would put them on the list. So I think that maybe we need another list. I am happy to say, though, that a lot of these shows on the list, at least they're not woke. At least they're not about transgender refugees of color somewhere <laughs> on an island. Uh, you know, that will probably you know the be the show, list actually. in the next 10 years. But as of now... Talking of non-woke shows, the one I loved this year more than any other was Yellowstone, which is actually a beautiful antidote against the woke mindset and world. It's set in cowboy country. It's brilliant. You and I can probably agree that Yellowstone is brilliant, right? Yellowstone is brilliant, and as somebody who comes from a ranching family in middle America, I got to tell you, there's a reason why that stuff does so well. And even yeah. liberal audiences love it. Unfortunately, the, all the liberals are also moving to Montana, which we don't necessarily love. <laughs> I'd like to move. I want to move to Montana. I want to buy a ranch in Montana. Tommy Lane, we've run out of time. Great to see you. Uh, see you soon. Thank you very much. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.